0: Cause it's time for you to love me. It never did you wrong, why don't you trust me? Being with you, feeling lucky. We going two different ways on the same street. But when it's cold outside, I can keep you warm. When you're done playing games, you can hit my phone. We can't fall in love with words alone. Sometimes it'll take. Hello, Thriver, and thanks so much for tuning in today. Those were some tunes by our bro Lil Byron, who just released an album called Captured by Love, and that song was called Sticks and Stones. We'll leave that link in the show notes so you can check it out. I'm joined today, of course, by my lovely wife and co-host, Ariel.
1: What up, good people? Happy Valentine's Day.
0: Yes. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Love Month. So whether you're celebrating romantic love or the love um, of your family and friends, it's all worth celebrating.
1: Here's why you should listen. Today's episode is primarily for those that are single, dating and engaged.
0: But if you're married, be sure to check out our last two episodes um, how to win in relationships and then keys to a godly lasting marriage. And those would be more so for you, but you can stick around. But babe, let's read a review.
1: Cece said, Wisdom from Millennials for Millennials. This podcast is amazing, there's nothing like. The feeling of sitting around talking with friends, sharing wisdom and laughs. I love listening on my off days or when I'm just riding around. Who doesn't love a good chat with friends mixed with gems for
0: life? Yes, thank you so much for leaving that encouraging review. And we would love for you to leave a review as well. So if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, Audible, or Podchaser, um, leave a review. Um, it only take you about 30 seconds and thanks in advance. So we open up this discussion to our Facebook friends and our Instagram followers. And we put a question out there. What is the best advice that you would give to those that are single and dating? And it's probably one of the most commented on posts that I've had. So we're going to try something different and we're going to start off with this clip that was submitted by one of my high school classmates that I went to school with at Vicksburg High School. So listen to what she has to say.
1: My name is Angela Williams, and in May of this year, 2021, I will be married for five years. And if I could share some marriage advice, it would be to prepare more for the marriage than the wedding. So many people spend time prepping for the wedding day, this one day, you know, where family and friends are there to witness and the champagne toast and the cake is cut. And, and there's so much time put into this one day, but people don't prep for the actual marriage. So after the champagne toast is over and the cake is cut and the family is gone, you guys have to know how to get along with each other and be married to each other. And there's so many resources out there, um, books and even people, marriage counselors. So that would be my one advice is put more time into the actual marriage instead of the wedding day.
0: Thank you so much Angela for sharing that with us and and babe let's let's talk a little bit about what are some ways that people can prepare for the marriage and because a lot of times a lot of money and time and the resources and effort is spent um, into the wedding day but how can we prepare for the marriage
1: First things first go to counseling Counseling is definitely something that you should do before you guys get married because it kind of builds the foundation of your relationship and it gives you, um, a background counseling asks you questions that you normally wouldn't ask your spouse or you normally wouldn't ask your boyfriend or your girlfriend and so counseling is a great start
0: most definitely like in counseling you can work through your issues so you don't bring as much baggage into the marriage and number two I would say man get your bread right (laughs) get your money right I paid off my car prior to our marriage and I paid off my student loans about six months into our marriage because I was doing double and triple payments and major shout out to to the Barrett family, the Tattersack family, as um, they were, they allowed me to stay with them rent-free while I was single and working at the church. And instead of just spending reckles- recklessly, um, I aggressively tackled my debt. And so number three, what's the third way, babe, that we can prepare for marriage?
1: Number three would be develop a healthy relationship with God, daily devotion, time and prayer in the work. That spiritual foundation is key to a lasting godly marriage. If you don't got God, you don't got nothing.
0: Yes. So moving on to some of the top comments that we got from that post. So number one, shout out to my sister, Kelly Calcoat, who said, acknowledge God first in everything. Always cherish you first before your significant other comes into your life, which is connected to number two. Brian St. Louis said this. Love yourself first. Don't come into a relationship without loving and knowing yourself. And what I would say to that is big facts like having a healthy identity and a healthy sense of self um going into the marriage is very crucial so it's okay to love yourself first of course from a healthy point of view um from a healthy place of loving yourself first so you can be whole and healthy and love other people
1: um number three jessica velos said take a moment to decide are you really upset or mad or are you just hungry possibly sleepy, been married over 10 years, and I'm telling you, I definitely agree with this beautiful lady here. You got to know, are you hungry? Are you actually mad? What's the problem? Find the root.
0: Exactly. I'm so glad Jessica brought that up because sometimes we can just be hangry and just taking it out on our significant other. All right. Um, uh, number four, Keisha and Angel Jameson had this to say. They said, you better know where your spouse come from, uh, family background, belief wise, and to do your research. And once again, that's another major fact or major key alert, if you will. Um, I like that my wife, she came from a very close knit family, um, a church background. We was on the same wavelength when it came to, to God, religion and Christianity and our relationship with the Lord. And so for those out there that's that's dating or looking to date, um before you take that step of marriage, which is a permanent thing. When a man marries a woman, it's it is meant to be lifelong. And so before you make that major decision decision, ask a lot of questions and do your research. Um get to get to know her, but also interact with her family, whether it's as a family barbecue or family game night or anything like that. Babe, would you add anything to that?
1: You definitely need to know where your spouse comes from because it's very important to know what makes up that person. Um, like Paul said, my family's very close knit and we had a church background. But I also think um, and that's what I love about his family is that they also have a church background and that um, they also like spend holidays and things together. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: Yeah, most definitely, cause um I went to church with my wife at her uncle's church to see what they were about, and my wife um attended on um, my parents' church to see what we we're about, so just so we can get on the same page. I feel like the more questions you can ask now, the more answers you can have now, and you don't want to be blindsided when you go into marriage. Of course, you won't know everything until you get married, but the more you know before you get married, the better. And so, which leads me to number five. Um, this is from David Virgil. Shout out to David Virgil, him and his wife. They took pictures at our first wedding and so you got to go back to a past episode but we had two weddings one marriage and that's a long story that's another story for another day you got to go back and listen to that episode i'll link it in the show notes but shout out to them and he said take time to intimately learn who you are and then another facebook friend who has the same name as my sister but it's uh, spelled with a y kelly calco um, she also said that you need to learn who you are first and then david continues by saying learn to make yourself happy without the need of other people's interventions. Learn your strengths and faults. Do the work to get you from the person that you are to the person that you want to be. And babe, before you kind of respond to that, I would say, man, if you're unhappy single, you might be unhappy married. And so, um, I came to this realization that Jesus is the only thing that fully satisfies me. He's the only thing that fully fulfills me and he's my ultimate source of joy. And so I was happy single and now I'm happy. I am happily married. My wife adds to my happiness and to my joy. And so I want to say this in the right way. Like, don't go into marriage expecting the other person to make you happy all the time. That's putting too much pressure on your spouse, right? They are not God. And also don't expect marriage to fix all of your problems.
1: I agree. You definitely have to know um, who you are before you get into a serious relationship, a marriage, or whatever it might be. You definitely need to know exactly who you are so that you're confident in who you are inside of that relationship and you won't be looking to other things. So um, number six, Kim Smith Hebron said, emotions can cause commotion that's real
0: (laughs) yes that's a word all by itself um it's okay to feel what you feel but don't let your emotions get the best of you sometimes you need to take a time out cool off and then talk to each other. That's related to what uh Jessica said earlier. Maybe you're hungry or you're sleepy. And so we just got to really be careful that we don't get so caught up in the heat of the moment and with our emotions that we're just, you know, lashing out at one another. And you may just need to go to separate corners, take a time out. Like All right, babe, we're, we're too emotionally invested in this moment. Let's take a time out, take a breather, maybe go talk to God and then come back and talk to each other. So number seven is by my cousin, Olivia, and she just basically put Matthew 633, talking about seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So, babe, in your opinion, I want to hear your thoughts and let the people hear your thoughts, the dear thriver that listens um, so faithfully. What does it look like for us to keep God first in our marriage? Um,
1: I think what it looks like for us to keep God first in our marriage is one, to have our separate prayer time or separate devotion time. And then to also have prayer and devotion together and also to love each other, how Christ loves us. And so I think that's what it would look like for us to um, keep God first in our marriage.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And I would echo what you said, babe, that we need to have our personal relationship with the Lord, our personal time with him. But then also like we, we, we come together and have, Well, actually, we've got to get back to this. We've been doing it on our own separately. And y'all know we keep it real over here, but get back to our weekly um devotions like time together in the word and time together in prayer Um, together. We do it separately, but it's something unique and special, a knitting of the spirit, if you will. I know that's a churchy term, but this kind of brings you closer to God and closer to one another. Or I say it like this, like our marriage is like a triangle. My wife and I are at the base of that triangle and God is at the top. So the closer we get to God the closer that we will get to one another. And so number eight, nine and 10 are all connected. So we're going to lump them up together.
1: How on said love her and mean it.
0: Shout out to how lighthouse ministries. Then another cousin of mine, Beverly said, if someone really loves you, they will show you by going the extra mile.
1: Teria said, learn and perform their love languages.
0: Terry, thank you so much for this segue. We're going to leave the link in the show notes um, to the love languages. But this refers to Gary Chapman's book on love languages. And there are five of them. And so we're just going to read out these five love languages and encourage you to take the test for those that are um, seriously dating, engaged and even married. Like This is a test that you will want to take so you can speak so you can really be speaking each other's love language. So, babe, what's number one?
1: Words of affirmation. People with words of affirmation as a love language value verbal acknowledgements of affection, including frequent I love you's compliments, words of appreciation, verbal encouragement and often digital communication like texting and social media engagement
0: yeah I would say this is one of mine I have several love languages but this is one of mine I really appreciate verbal recognitions um, thank yous and just kind of filling my love tank uh, with words and the second one is quality time and so people who love languages quality time they feel most adored like when their partner is like actively wanting to spend time with them and always drawn to hang out and they particularly love like active listening eye contact. All right. And so number three is active service. What is that, babe?
1: If your love language is acts of service, you value when your partner goes out of their way to make your life easier. It's things like bringing you soup when you're sick, making your coffee for you in the morning, or picking up your dry cleaning for you when you've had a busy day at work
0: yeah acts of service is huge for me, and so if you remember our love story that we talked about in the most recent episode, my wife does the cooking, and I do the laundry primarily Now, if my wife needs help with the cooking, we'll do it together. And also when I need help with the laundry, she'll help me out. I remember recently I had a very busy week and I just wasn't able to finish all of the laundry and put it up. So I asked my wife to finish it because that's when I have to do Thursday night Bible study. And man, when I came home and the laundry was done, that act of service meant the world to me. And she really showed me um, that she loved me through that love language. And so I know we got two more gifts and touch. But before we read those, babe, which ones are your love languages?
1: Um, mine is definitely quality time and physical touch. I think I'm on top two. My type three would add in words of affirmation for sure.
0: Okay, then that is good to know. We'll be reminded of. And then... Number four is gifts. So gift is, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And this is when people they feel most love when people give visual symbols of love, as you know, Gary Chapman would call it. So it's not about the monetary value, but it's more symbolic and the thought behind it. And people with this style like recognize and value the gift giving process. And so like the careful reflection a deliberate choosing of the of the object to represent the relationship and the emotional benefits that come with it. And so to be honest, y'all, I like thoughtful gifts um just to know that you know somebody really put in the thought um uh, behind a gift I remember one time my wife got me this cool outfit, and so I was just getting into, like, jogger shorts. I, is that what you call them, like those jogger shorts, the green ones that you got me? Yeah. But anyway, I love to shop at um, H&M. So my wife, I don't know when she did this because we see each other so much, Uh but she went and got me a cool shirt and a matching pair of shorts to go with it. And I thought that was just so thoughtful um of her, as she kind of knew that I was kind of updating my, my wardrobe.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> And the last love language is physical touch. People with physical touch as their love language feel loved when they receive physical signs of affection, including kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, physical intimacy and touch can be incredibly affirming and serve as a powerful emotional connector for people with this love language. The roots go back to our childhood. Some people only felt deep affection and love by their parents when they were held, kissed or touched.
0: So those are the five love languages, and they came straight off Gary Chapman's book. Um, we, we wanted you to get the full picture of that because I really believe that this is good, once again, for those couples that are seriously dating, um, engaged, and even even for those that are married, like take the love language test so you can be on the same page um, and speak the same language, if you will. So once again, those five love languages were words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts, and touch. All right, babe, let's land this plane with this bonus episode and this happy Valentine's. What is your best relationship advice?
1: My best relationship advice would be to keep God first. Make sure you're reading and make sure you're praying.
0: Most definitely. My babe has said it in a short amount of words, but that's the most profound thing. That's number one. Please keep God first. And whether you're, you're dating or you're married or engaged, keep God first. And the only thing like I would add to that, and I was, I had some time to think on this babe like during this week. And I just want to say for those that are looking to be married, you got to realize that marriage is choosing to say yes to each other every single day. Man, love is a choice. Love is a commitment. And the second thing and final thing I would say is that this is related to conflict resolution. It's something that me and my wife have grown in. So I no longer like fight my wife to be right. Metaphorically fight, of course. But rather, I I have learned and we are learning that I want to fight with my wife and for my wife to make things right. In other words, being right is overrated. Sometimes you can win an argument, but you will lose relationally. So. Once again, we just wanted to bring you into this online discussion as we've been interacting with our Facebook friends and our Instagram followers and making this a big discussion about all things relationships. We really hope that you enjoyed this bonus episode, and we also hope and pray that you would not just survive, but that you would thrive relationally in all of your relationships, romantic, platonic, and everything in between.
1: Be sure to tune in Wednesday for Dating 101.
0: Yep, that's the episode that you really don't want to miss out on dating one-on-one. That's a fun episode. We get into the nitty gritty about all things dating and just give best wisdom and gems about dating. So we're concluding today's episode with the spoken word piece by our dear friend and classmate, Ebony Bracey we went to Mississippi college with her. And so I want you guys to enjoy this and then we'll pick up the conversation on Wednesday.
2: What is love? Is it affection? Is it trust? Is it convenience? What is love? Is it emotion? Is it selfish intent? Is it an excuse? What is love? According to God's word in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, love is patient. Love is kind. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, Endures all things. What is love? Love is a protector and a reflector of its genuine presence. It cannot be falsely fabricated. It stands in truth. So I challenge you to embrace love in its purest form, under its most untarnished intent. What is love? God is love, and his heart for us gives us a prime example of what real love is and how it operates. Trust God and love hard.